Hey there, and welcome to Shop Talk, the real estate show. I'm Bertman Alstein, and on today's episode, we're joined by Victor Yurchek, founder of Sell Your Gainesville Home Today. Victor has been involved in real estate investment and flipping homes for years and is making a name for himself within the industry in Florida. Last year, his company flipped 20 homes, and this year, they are on track to flip 30. Today, we discuss how he got started in the business, making a transition out of the healthcare industry, his calculated approach of acquiring and selling homes, and how he helps educate those looking to break into this lucrative business. Hey, Victor. Thanks for hopping on the podcast and taking the time to talk to us today. Absolutely. Thanks for thanks for having me. No problem. So uh, just for myself and for the listeners, can you give us a little bit more of a background on you and how you ultimately started your company and how you got interested in you know flipping homes? Yeah, for sure. So I like before this, so I flip houses full time now. But before I got started, I was like, it's more like a corporate career is what I call it. I was in healthcare. Sure. The home health administrator, um, you know, kind of working nine to five and there's nothing wrong with that. But for me, like there's always something more, like I always felt like something was missing. Mm-hmm. I want to like earn more and I want to have a little more like freedom, more independence. I didn't feel like I had that just kind of stuck, stuck to that job. Uh, then sure. I also didn't like really enjoy the job too much. So uh, okay. like all those three things I'm like, Hey, I gotta, I gotta do something. I uh, always had the, the real estate bug in the back of my mind. I always figured like, Hey, I, it was always like, let me do this one thing. And then the next thing is going to be real estate. Like the next mm-hmm. thing is going to be real estate. And then I realized at a certain point, like, let me just get into real estate, which is what I want to do. And, you know, just, just get started there. So I'm like, okay, cool. Let's, let's make that happen. Um, so basically that's what happened. So I kind of dabbled with real estate, started with wholesaling. Uh, then I got into fix and flipping and I've just, you know, continued to fix and flip. And, you know, here we are, here we are today. So when you first got started with fixing and flipping, was there a property that kind of struck you as, oh, I know I'm going to do this for the rest of my life sort of thing? Was there an aha moment like that for you? Uh, that was kind of it. So I was trying the wholesaling and just to like loop in your uh, listeners, like wholesaling is like you you find a good deal, you put it under contract, you don't actually buy or own it yourself. You basically mm-hmm. sell the contract is essentially what you're doing. So you're okay. like a you know, professional deal finder type of thing. Uh, Interesting. So, so that was like, okay, let me, so I tried that. And then I realized like, I didn't really like being that kind of middleman, like, okay, I got to find a deal, negotiate, negotiate. Then you got to like find a, find an investor and then negotiate, negotiate. And they try to like beat you up and like, you got to represent both parties. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I don't know if I, I just want to be able to take it down myself. So it was Mm -hmm. more of like a realization through that process. I'm like, Hey, if I really want to do this, like, this is not the position I want to be in. Uh, so sure. let me start to take down my own deal. So that's what it basically started to do is that like nice evolution. Like, okay, cool. Let me, uh, uh, let me just start to take down these deals myself. And that's, that's kind of how it started. Okay. Okay. And, you know, today um, I think I had seen on your website, obviously the success that your company has seen through yeah. flipping homes and, you know, the, the vast amount of sales volume that you guys are, you know, reporting um, is there when you're scoping out an area or you are, brought um, a potential property, is there something that you're looking for specifically? Is it the property that, you know, you guys kind of focus on or are there external factors uh, that play into your judgment on that? 
it's really, it really comes down to two things. That's like ARV, like what you can sell a place for, like what's the retail price? Like once you fix it all up, like what can you sell it for? Okay. First thing. Second thing is like what you need to put into it to get it to that level, like repairs, renovation. So it really sure. honestly comes down to those two numbers. Oh, okay. Uh, if, if those numbers are there, then, you know, it's a good deal. Uh, Cause there are like a million variables to look at. There's like, um, what's the neighborhood? What's the bedroom bathroom? Like, what's the school system? Like how, mm-hmm. how big of acreage and land is it? Uh, so like, there's all these different like variables when it comes to this sort of stuff. So I just like to look at the numbers, you know? Okay. So like if to, just to give a nice extreme example, nice example for your folks, like if, if someone were to give you a property for free, like, like mm-hmm. Hey, here's this house for free. Like you wouldn't really be asking like, Oh, what's, what's the bedrooms, bathrooms? Like, Oh, what, uh, what month is that? I don't know if I want to buy because it's slow season. Right? right. So if it's, and it's when you're buying properties, like, like I'm buying, like it's at such a discount. It's like, damn, this is pretty, pretty close to free. Um, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, so that's so, I think about the numbers just makes it easier. That makes sense. Yeah. So when you're, again, when you're presented with a property, so what sort of discount um, would be an example of, you know, obviously when most people are, getting into flipping themselves, mm-hmm. it's, I don't know if what sort of discounts they're being presented with, or if they're just kind of finding a traditional home and then fixing that up. Um, but on your end, what are the discounts that you guys typically see? I just like 70% rule is how I like to think about it. Look at it. Uh, okay. so 70% ARV minus repairs. Okay. So 70% of like retail value minus repairs. So again, quick example, let's say you can sell the thing for a hundred thousand and you mm-hmm. put 10,000 into it. Um, like anything 60,000 and below would be, you know, a good deal. Uh, so wow. just looking at the numbers and it just makes it easier to, to run the analysis there. Um, so that's, that's how I typically think about it. So just 70% rule, okay. uh, the market is pretty hot. So you can kind of be a little bit flexible with it. You don't want to be too much because that can bite you in the butt. Definitely. Sure. Um, but that, that's how I like to think about it. Okay. Okay. Well, and how many, how many people uh, work for your company? Um, yeah, so it's actually, it's a pretty lean team. So it's me, um, I like an assistant and then like a project manager and that's pretty much it. Okay. Um, so it's pretty okay. lean. So we did about 20 flips last year, 30 flips this year is the goal, like fix and flips. So it's wow. not like, it's a huge, huge volume. So we can just, you know, keep on top of it. Luckily. Right, but that's still enough to keep you busy. And I would assume yeah. that, you know, not every project you're going into it and it's just smooth sailing the entire time. There's probably a lot of hiccups and I'm sure you have some great stories about things that you've, uh, you know, <laughs> been it presented happens. with on these properties. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. That definitely happens um, with, with regards to all this stuff. So we try to keep our flips as simple as possible. Like I've never sure. added a bedroom. I've never added a bathroom. Okay. I, I don't think I've ever changed the layout of a house. Mm-hmm. Okay, tear out this wall, put up this wall. Like we try to keep it literally as simple as possible um, is, is typically how we like to do it. So uh, okay. we can do that volume or we can do more. I'd rather do, you know, 10 flips a year and make 30 K each than do, you know, five and, mm-hmm. make, you know, 40 K each. Like you, you make money through the volume and you have some better. Sure. Well, that makes sense. No, that definitely makes sense. Yeah. And so in your, in your company's name is, sell your Gainesville home today. Do you guys venture outside of Gainesville at all? Or are you primarily focused on the Gainesville market? Uh, so we mostly do Alachua County. So just by like local area. Alachua I see. County. Okay. We might go a little bit out of that if needed, but um, yeah, that's typically, typically what we do. Okay. And with all the buzz surrounding Florida's real estate market um, on your end, have you seen that? Have you kind of had to change up your business at all due to that? Or has it really just accelerated your success this year? 
Um, I mean, we did have a record year 2020 and then 2021 should be even better, uh, which is wow. exciting. Um, I think what it is mostly, so my theory of especially flipping, cause you're on both sides of the transaction, you're, you're buying the property and then you're selling it. Sure. My theory is the same amount of difficulty. So it's mm-hmm. either like really hard to buy a property and easy to sell it mm-hmm. or vice versa. So I think that's where we're at now. Like if you can get a good deal, uh, just get it. Cause you're going to have an easy time selling it. Yeah, no, definitely. And um, on your average flip, how long would you say that usually takes you? So we're typically like four months in and out. Close That's the table, fast. Close the table. Yeah. So we try okay. to keep it as, as quick as possible. Uh, about 30, 45 days for the renovation. Then, you know, about a week to list it and get under contract. And then closing is like 30, 45 days. Okay. So in my next question, I was going to ask... Um, kind of characteristics that you're looking for in these properties, but you had said earlier that you're more focused on the numbers. So outside of your 70% rule, are there any other um, kind of data points that you specifically look for when assessing a property? So there's definitely things we look at when it comes to these types of deals and these types of transactions that are that are important. Like there are things that's going to help sell the property. Like everyone loves three bedroom, two bath. So if right. it's a three, two, it's going to sell a little bit quicker. Uh, if it's in that sweet spot in terms of square footage, like a thousand to fifteen hundred square foot, it's going to sell quicker. Um, if it's in that price range, affordability price range, you know, it's going to depend on your area uh, where like FHA buyers can get approved. Like it's going to sell quicker. Okay. Um, all these different like factors, uh, like mentally, like it's all about the numbers. So I'll do a deal no matter what. Um, mm-hmm. but just like all these different factors go into with regards to like, hey. Um, like how quick it's going to sell and like how easy it is going to be sell to, to sell it. Like how much renovation does it need? If it's only like something easy, like paint and flooring, like you're just going to be easier versus like everything has to go and everything has to be new. Like there's, there's all these different considerations, but that's, that's just kind of how I think about it. Okay. No. And, and I'm sure uh, again, over time, as you've kind of, I'm sure you've had times where you've learned the hard way on what you're assessing and what you're not assessing. So what are, can, is there a time that you can think of when you thought that was a mistake that I really should have, you know, paid attention. That was a big red flag sort of moment. <laughs> like today. <laughs> that was one of those. Um, no, I mean, that's, that's a part of it too. And then I'll, I'll answer your question uh, directly here in a second, but I always sure. like to think of uh, flipping and like set yourself up for success. And like Warren Buffett talks about this, like margin of error. I'd like to right. think of it for flipping like profit buffer. So let's say you okay. intend to make 30 K net profit on a flip, which would be great. Um, and you make a mistake and it's a $5,000 mistake, like you're still going to make 25,000, which is great. Like you're still going to be profitable, but that's why you mm-hmm. need that profit buffer. Like if things go wrong, if you make those mistakes, it's going to chip away at that. Okay. So I've had that happen a lot where you like, you underestimate something, um, <clears throat> especially like in today's market, like, you know, two years ago, a roof would be like 8,000, like, oh, it's, well, it's such a hot market. It's, you know, it's 10,000, it's 9,000 more. Um, but again, like these mistakes kind of roll off you as long as you have the right mindset about it. Uh, again, if, mm-hmm. it's, if you think of it like, hey, I have, you know, X amount for reserves just in case something goes wrong, then um, then you're good to go. So that's how I, how I like to think about it. So, yeah, you make I make mistakes even on properties today. Like I still make mistakes. Like uh, there was one property we listed recently 
And I, I wanted to do the bare minimum just because the market's so hot. I was like, what can I get away with? Like, what do I have to do? Sure. What do I need to do? So I always want to test out like where that box is. Like, where do we need to put the property? Where does the property need to be? Because um, if we don't have to put that much into it, then we can do more deals. You know, it's quicker, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So on this one, we kept the kitchen as is. So we did new, new flooring, new paint, new roof, kept the kitchen as is. And then basically learned like, hey, um, like the kitchen has to be in good shape. Uh, Cause like there's no, mm -hmm. nobody wants to see it. No, no showings, anything like that. Uh, okay. It's, it's that sort of thing that we look at. Um, so you're making mistakes constantly. And again, that's fine. Just because, you know, <clears throat> at the end of the day, like worst case, they'll just make a little bit less. Sure. Sure. So it's, it's a very, um, it seems like as you're approaching these and assessing this, it's very calculated yeah. once you're entering it, even as far as, that margin of error, like you had just said, is yeah. kind of calculating what that might be and making sure that you're still going to walk away with a, in a, a good return. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I've never lost money on a deal. I think the worst deal I had was break even. So again, that's not terrible. I guess you kind of lose some time and lose some effort, but just break even. Um, <clears throat> and then some deals, like I wanted to make 30,000, I ended up making 10 or 12 or 15. And that's not the end of the world, but like you still, you still get a deal done. Like you still are able to get in this. So, you know, I'd rather take a check for, I, I've never had anyone turn down a check for 10 grand, you know, like that's still good money. After the break, we learn more about Victor's journey, his process and outlook for acquiring the right properties and how he's helped educate others throughout the country on entering the flipping business. Creating goals and pursuing your professional passion with self-discipline and hard work takes significant time and energy. That's why agents who value their time choose to learn online with the C-Shop. Our 100% online curriculum lets you learn what you need to succeed when it fits in your schedule. Enroll in our mobile-friendly courses today and save 25% with promo code SHOPTALK. So beyond flipping homes, um, you also care a great deal about helping to educate others about the process of flipping homes um, and how people can kind of get started on their own path towards that. Um, and what are some ways that you try and connect with people to present this more, more information and kind of what would be your almost um, high level summary of, you know, trying to educate someone who's interested about flipping homes? Uh, yeah, so for sure. So yeah, I, I mentor people. So I flip and then I mentor people nationwide on how to get started flipping. Uh, what's really cool okay. about real estate is cooperative. So me doing deals in Gainesville doesn't affect anyone trying to do deals in Texas or Miami right. or, you know, anything like that. Everyone can help each other out. So that's, that's pretty exciting on that. Um, okay. <clears throat> with regards to like getting started, I think the biggest thing, a lot of people kind of get in their head with regards to like, Hey, I want to do a deal, but is it a good deal? Is it for me? like all these different factors into it. And the biggest thing to think about when it comes to that sort of stuff is like, just, just the value of getting started, like knowing like mm -hmm. your first deal, it's not going to be a home run. If it is great, but likely not going to be a home run. You're going to learn a ton, uh, but your first deal is your hardest. And it's going to definitely open you up for the next one, for the next one, for the next one. I've seen it so many times on myself and students, like they do that first one, like everything clicks and like, okay, number two, mm -hmm. number three, you know, quickly come after um, and it just, it just becomes real for them. Uh, so I think the biggest thing is just, you know, the value of getting started. Okay. Okay. 
And I'm sure for you on your end, after, you know, putting in the time to educate people when they get back to you and say, oh, this, the first one, I, I learned X, Y, Z. And then they come back in the second and the third one. And they're saying how much easier it is. That's yes. got to be very rewarding for you. Exactly. Yeah. So it does get easier over time and then it gets easier, easier, easier. So my, you know, 30th flip or whatever, 50th flip is even easier than the 49th, uh, which right. makes life a ton easier. Um, so the, the value of getting started, the value of getting started early too. So I, I was recommended mm-hmm. by a mentor like five years ago, six years ago. I was like, Hey, you should get started in flipping, get started in real estate. It's like, yeah, I don't know about that. And I went my other path and it ended up getting started, you know, three years ago. Um, so it's just one of those things like I did, uh, I did two flips my first year, then eight and then 20, and I want to do 30 this year. So if I got started, you know, five, six years ago, like who knows where I would have been today. Uh, so sure. it's, it's that exponential growth. Like people think a lot linearly, but when it mm-hmm. comes to this, like you can grow exponentially, which is exciting. Okay. And earlier you had touched on how, um, you yourself had gotten started in real estate, um, before getting involved in the actual flipping process. Um, for our listeners, how do you think real estate agents skill sets, you know, would transition into, uh, flipping homes? Mm -hmm. What's really good about like a realtor, like a real stage and background, uh, they already have a lot of the good frameworks. There's definitely stuff to fill in like renovation, buying hard money, how to source deals, all that sort of stuff. Cause it's a little bit different mm-hmm. than traditional real estate, but you have a good background in terms of like knowing how fast houses sell, knowing, knowing how much houses sell for, like how to show houses, like the selling process is going to be a lot easier for those folks. Uh, but there's okay. a lot of those differences, those uh, uh, key steps that are missing. Um, that sure. Thing. But at least you have the, like the basics. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and did you notice at all coming from real estate and getting started and flipping as far as um, kind of having your network of professionals around you? I assume when you're flipping homes and you have projects that you're outsourcing this to local contractors or companies like that. Um, did you have any prior connections coming into flipping that you were able to kind of lean on or was that all new for you once you got started? No, we just got started and try to figure it out. That's, that's okay. pretty much it. There's no, there's no secret sauce. There was no magic, you know, right. fortunately or unfortunately, cause I, I was living for the healthcare job that I was mentioning. I was living in uh, Chicago for that and oh, okay. I moved down to Gainesville, moved down to Florida. So I was, that was like brand new start from scratch type of network. Um, Everything was brand new. Wow. It was brand new. So we just, you know, we just figured it out. Um, so it's like, oh, we have a project. Okay. Let's get this person in there. This person, this person. And, yeah. uh, for, so obviously starting in a new market, everything's new for you. What were some ways that you networked? Um, this is a question that I think we frequently get is, just networking in general. I don't know. Some people, they feel overwhelmed with it. They're not hundred percent sure how to approach it or how to approach certain individuals. What was your mindset when you kind of realized I have, I have a whole new market that I don't have any resources plugged into. How do I get started with this? Mm-hmm. I think what was really helpful, like local RIAs, local real estate investor meetups, uh, <clears throat> those types of things are a okay. great start. Um, you know, if, if you're a realtor, like you're already doing similar stuff, like the real estate investor specific thing is really sure. important. And what's really important is as you start to get into it, like starting to understand the, the lingo and like the language surrounding it. So I mentioned terms like ARV, mm-hmm. uh, so like that's important, like the repair budget, um, like knowing what hard money is, like a lot of the basics term t- basic terms are going to help out a ton. <clears throat> okay. 
Okay. And on your website, um, for those that are seeking more information, um, what are some good resources that you might have for people to read up on or even videos to watch? I know that, or from my research, I saw that you have a YouTube channel that you talk about flipping houses and that whole process and you like to educate people. Are there any other resources that you would recommend for people to look out for? Uh, so I actually have a, like a Facebook group. It's the six okay. figure house flipper. So it's a free Facebook group. I cover a ton of resources. I have like a, a repair estimate guide there. As awesome. Well. It's like seven pages, breaks everything down. Like how much is flooring? How much is painting? How much is a roof? How much is, you know, septic? So right. it breaks it all down. So that's, that's there. Um, and then, yeah, I do have that free YouTube channel as well, but the, the six figure house flipper Facebook group is honestly the best place for all this. Okay. Awesome. We'll make sure to include a link on that on our, okay. uh, on the webpage when we publish this done. That's awesome yeah. though. Um, and then on your website, as I was doing my digging, um, you highlight the importance of you know, respect, honor, integrity, understanding, and treating clients fairly. Yeah. How was this philo- company philosophy crafted or are these values something that you've carried with you your entire life? Yeah, I think the biggest thing um, is just thinking like in terms of like relationships. So it's not just for the most part, like you're not just going to like with a a contractor, for example, like you're not going to transact with them once. Mm -hmm. If they're good, you're going to use them over and over again. So instead of thinking like, hey, how do I like get the most out of this like specific transaction? Like, hey, just this one like invoice or bill or all that stuff. How do I get the most out of this relationship? Like that applies to everything. Like maximizing for the long-term relationship and not maximizing mm-hmm. for like this one, one interaction. So just applying that uh, throughout the entire business, sure. uh, just trying to, you know, put people in a good position, like put them in a better position than when they uh, like either way you go, like at least you put them in a better position having mm-hmm. interact with you. Sure. And I'm sure <clears throat> at least you're thinking or um, that the other party would be savvy enough to, you know, have that same sort of mindset of this is going to be a win-win. This is going to be a long-term relationship if, you know, we like to work with each other. So let's make sure that this is cordial and let's make sure that we're helping each other out. Yeah. That's, that's the hope. Exactly. Right. Right. Okay. Um, and then this is a nice little question that we like to ask at the end of every uh, interview, but and it sounds like you'd probably have a few, but looking back at your career, what is one thing that you wish you could go back and change and do differently? Um, I think the, there's kind of two parts to it. So the first part is just like I mentioned, I wish I would have gotten started earlier. Okay. Um, Cause again, I, I went full-time like three years ago and I wish I would have gotten started earlier cause it does you know, compound. I would have been where I'm at a lot quicker, which is great. Sure. Um, so I think that's part of it. I think the other thing too, I'm also, I'm also partly glad I did what I did. Mm-hmm. So at the same time, like that's what I would change at the same time, I wouldn't change anything because okay. there is a lot of learning lessons from those mistakes. And mm-hmm. as soon as you take away those mistakes, it's like, you don't get those lessons. And I think like you would still learn that some other way. Like if you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to keep getting what you're getting. So I would have hit those mistakes at some other time. Uh, even if it wasn't that specific, you know, time. So um, <clears throat> that's just how I think about it. So I'm glad I went through all those mistakes. I'm glad I got those mistakes early just mm-hmm. because um, you, you can start early and like you optimizing and getting, you know, getting up and running early again, it's the exponential growth. So sure. um, like, would you rather like, I can't remember the the math. Like if you get started uh, compounding, you like pay 500 bucks a month, towards a retirement fund and you start at 25 
versus someone who starts at 35 and puts in double, like mm-hmm. the guy who started earlier, like makes a ton more, like it's something like that. Yeah. Um, I think I've seen that same graphic. Yeah, exactly. So it's the same for real estate. It's the same for getting started here. Like, um, um, it's okay to make mistakes, like get, make, get your mistakes out of the way and learn quick. Uh, cause then the rest is, you know, it's going to really impact you, uh, quite heavily, quite profitably in the future. Sure. Well, and I'm sure, and I guess that kind of mindset gets, can be applied to anything. Um, the earlier you get started, you know, taking the time to make those mistakes and be able to learn from those mistakes is really crucial, but almost just kind of applying that 1% better mindset on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's really key. Awesome. Cool. Well, to wrap it up, is there any sort of, um, is there anywhere you want to point our audience or listeners to? Is there, would you, uh, is there any sort of resources on your website that you would like to plug specifically or, um, what are some ways that people can kind of connect with you and learn more about, uh, one, your company, but two, also, uh, getting started and flipping homes. I think the best place is really the Facebook. So I'm really active there. And like that Facebook group, cause I always post like, Hey, this is where this deal is. This is how this property is going. So I go in, and I really just share like all the, all the details. Like, Hey, I do deep dives too. Like, Hey, this is how much I made on this flip. Uh, and then I break it down. Like, okay, this is what I bought it for. So I, you know, put into it. This is what went right. This is what went wrong. Uh, okay. so like the real transparent, like, Hey, this is what, what it's really like. Mm-hmm. And then people from there can choose like, Hey, if this is something they want to do. Uh, and typically people like they look at it and they learn from it. They're like, yeah, I want to, I want to do it. Cause it is impactful. Definitely. You can think of, you know, for doing a flip, like my average flip is about 30 K net profit, which is great. Um, you know, adding 30 K to your bank account, like what sort of impact would that have? And for mm-hmm. most people, that's like, Whoa, that's that like you have an emergency fund, you can take a vacation, like you're just in a much better place financially. So it's really cool to um, have people achieve that, especially on their first one. Cause then it's like kind of opens them up to, to doing more. Sure. Yeah. And yeah, like you had said, once that first one is done and it goes off, well for them, that's just even more motivation and kind of creating that momentum to keep moving forward and keep pursuing more deals. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Victor, for hopping on the podcast and, you know, enlightening us a little bit on flipping homes. We'd love to have you back on so we can get a little more in the weeds of flipping homes and hopefully um, educate our audience further on that. Happy to. Absolutely. Awesome. Thanks again. Thank you. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe to us and leave a review on your podcast player of choice. Shop Talk is a production of the CE Shop.